Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. As I mentioned, First and Second Timothy and Titus are referred to as the pastoral epistles or pastoral letters, and they have a lot to say about overseers, pastors, elders, deacons, leaders in the Lord's church. And so here in this First Timothy chapter 3 that I'm about to read, this gets into the, the meat of this teaching for elders and church leaders and deacons and so forth. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Here is a trusty saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage their own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that, if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. And the first verse of this chapter, we read that this applies to overseers in the church. That word that's translated as overseer is sometimes translated as elder, uh, is sometimes translated as pastor, it's sometimes translated as bishop, but it applies to church leaders of all ilks. And so um, I want to read verse one from the Passion Translation. If any of you aspires to be an overseer in the church, you have set your heart toward a noble ambition. Now, this idea of wanting to be a leader, this is a good thing. God calls leaders in the church, as he does in all walks of life. But the desire to be a leader, the desire to be an overseer, is a good ambition. It's a godly ambition, and we want to have sanctified ambitions, meaning that we want to agree with what God does, and God is the one that qualifies us and calls us to leadership in the church. And so, 
Paul gives a great number of qualifications. And in context, it's for the overseer slash elder slash bishop, etc. But really, it's for all church leadership, all of the leaders of the church. And so some differentiate between the qualifications for elders and deacons, for example. But I believe that these qualifications hold true for both. Verse 2, now the overseer is to be above reproach. That above reproach means someone who's known and not slandered. They're just completely above suspicion. Their character is such that uh, this person is held above suspicion. It goes on to say he's faithful to his wife. This is not an adulterer. This is not someone who cheats on his wife. And although it says faithful to his wife, it could also say faithful to her husband. And so marital infidelity is what this is addressing. Temperate, self-controlled. You remember self-control is one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so as human beings, we're not given over to every animal passion, uh, whether rage or sexual desires or any other desire of the flesh, but we're self-controlled. Paul writes they should be respectable and hospitable. This idea of being hospitable among church leaders. You know, some people that are in church leadership, like myself, are by nature introverted. I am somewhat introverted. However, in Christ, we're to be hospitable. So I'm always willing to have a meal with someone. Uh, If we live in a home that has room, we're always willing to house people. Um, Currently, my wife and I live in a very small condo, and we have two bedrooms, and one of the bedrooms is taken up with one of our children. So we don't have room to be uh, housing guests. But in the course of our lives, we have housed many, 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 many people. And um, our children know that. So we are hospitable in Christ. Not that we necessarily would have a house full of people, but in the Lord, we know that the kingdom operates this way and leaders in the church are to be hospitable. Paul writes they should be able to teach in verse 2. Now, what does this mean? That part of the qualifications of being a leader in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is being able to convey the truths of the faith. And so um, all pastors should be able to teach, as well as should church leaders. Verse 3, he gives some more details. Not given to drunkenness. And friends, no matter what your position is on alcohol, drunkenness is always a sin. And it is an unacceptable thing among elders and church leaders. Drunkenness is not part of our paradigm uh, in leadership. And so uh, if you say, okay, well, it's all right to have a drink in moderation. I can't argue against that from the scriptures, but I will tell you that drunkenness is strictly prohibited, especially to leaders. And so if you want to walk that tightrope and have a drink without being drunk, that's between you and the Lord. But the Lord is very clear that he doesn't tolerate drunkenness in the church and especially among leaders. A leader should not be violent, but should be gentle. They should not be quarrelsome. So someone who is always involved in in uh, shouting matches and fussing with people and angry. This, this is not the hallmarks of a church leader. This should be someone who is gentle and easy to get along with. They should not be lovers of money. Remember, the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And so it's interesting, Paul takes note of that in the qualifications for church leaders, that they should not be lovers of money. In other words, they shouldn't be driven by money. They should be led by the Spirit of God, not driven by a love for money. In verse 4, he writes, This person must manage their own family well and see that their children obey them 
and they must do so in a manner worthy of respect. And he goes on to say, if someone cannot manage their own family, how can they take care of God's church? And so this is an enduring trait, the idea of church leaders being able to manage their own families. Sadly, sometimes this gets perverted and people expect the children of pastors and leaders to be so perfect that nobody can live up to the standard. But truthfully, the church leader, pastors, elders, deacons, whoever they may be, should be able to manage their own family well. And we should see the family members full of respect toward the person in church leadership. We should see that they are respectful of the Lord's church and respectful of other people. In that way, this demonstrates that the leader who um, would lead Christ's church is able to lead their own family. Now, I want to just say one more thing. When I first became a pastor, there was a very fine man who was an elder in our church. And one of his adult children had gotten into trouble, into legal trouble, and was incarcerated. Turned out not to be a very serious issue, but the man came to the other elders and he said, I feel that I need to look at this situation as an elder in the Lord's church and temporarily step down because my child is not in order with his relationship with the Lord. I told the man that when his son obtained the age of accountability, that he was no longer a member of the father's household, uh, that the father was no longer responsible for his behavior. In other words, managing your own family, your own household has to do with those that are still literally living under your roof. And so if you have an adult child that through their own free will, they decide to turn against the things of God and turn against their own family, that's no longer your responsibility as a leader as long as you've raised them in the ways of Christ. That's my opinion. I try to couch my opinion as opposed to generally accepted practice. In some churches, my opinion is the generally accepted practice. In other churches, there's no age limit on the children behaving and obeying their parents even if they are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. So it's up to uh, the individual church to decide that. But the idea being, if you're a leader, you should be able to lead your own family. Paul writes that the leader should not be a recent convert. And so um, you don't bring new people into the church, get them saved, and immediately put them in charge of things. They need time to get situated in the church. In verse 7, he writes, they must also have a good reputation among outsiders. And let me give you an example of this. You can't have an elder or a deacon with a good reputation in the community that does not pay their bills. And so if you've got leaders in the church that are delinquent on their taxes, delinquent on their books, going through foreclosures, you know, going through bankruptcies, these things do not give you a good reputation with outsiders. These disqualify you from leadership within the church until you get your, your house in order, so to speak. He continues with qualifications for deacons and other leaders, and as I said, I think these are applicable to everyone. I mean everyone in leadership. Verse 8, in the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain, they must hold to the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. And so this idea of being tested, you know, let there be a, a period of observation with potential leaders before you raise them up into leadership. So I want to pray now for church leaders and for those that are in authority over the Lord's church. Lord, I thank you for those who have desired to lead and have accepted the call to leadership. I pray, Lord, you would guard our hearts against unsanctified ambition. Lord, that those who are not called to this would not be trying to force their way into something you've not called them to. 
I ask you, Lord, that those that are in leadership in the churches in our area and around the world, those that are worthy of respect would be given the respect that's due them. Lord, help them to manage their own families well. Lord, help them to be in good reputation, of good reputation outside of the church. Help them, Lord, vindicate each one by your Holy Spirit. Lord, let each one conduct themselves in a manner that's pleasing to you. We pray for the leaders in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.